Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. What's up, everyone, and welcome to another special episode of IndiePod, where we get to talk to the people behind some of our favorite indie games. Today, we have Patrick Trainer, the developer of the upcoming title known as Patrick's Parabox. Patrick, thanks for joining. Hey, thanks for having me. Of course. Now this game, or at least the demo that I've tried, has me really excited. But before we actually talk about the game, I always like to kick these off by getting to know the people behind the games themselves. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself and, you know, how you got into the games industry and what led you to actually working on Parabox? So I've been, I'm primarily a hobbyist developer and Parabox is my first commercial game. Um, So I've been making hobby games for maybe about eight or so years now, um, starting at the end of high school and through college and beyond. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of uh, platformers and puzzle games and little Mm -hmm. game jam games and various stuff. And then um, at one point in my last year of college, I was working on Parabox Mm -hmm. and I realized, whoa, this this idea actually has a good amount of potential. Mm -hmm. And so when I finished school, I opted to continue working on it because it has potential to be a real commercial game. Right. And uh, it kind of kept going from there. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, so what what about the game, just to, to kind of get that reasoning behind, because I'm always interested to see, especially for people who are more these, these passion projects, what's that one moment where you looked at it and you were like, you know what, this is it. I can go, you know, into a actual commercial project with this game. Yeah, so there, there was, um, the moment when I, I made I, it started off as like a little prototype, and then I kind of revamped it to support multiple layers instead of just two layers. It now supports mm-hmm. multiple layers. So that was a cool moment. And then there was another breakthrough where I added the ability to enter and exit between the layers instead of just staying on that layer. Mm-hmm. And then there was another breakthrough where my friend showed me this game called Soko Soko, which is a free game you can play online, which has the box within a box, mm-hmm. um, in a in a slightly different way. So I added that, and that was another breakthrough. Um, and then the, com- the combination of that plus a few more generalizations of those breakthroughs, I guess. Yeah, right. That it's... the combination of those led me to. Yeah. That's pretty cool. It's it's funny because it's it's just these small iterations, right? You never would have thought at the start of this that, hey, this is something that definitely has a lot of potential. But after every single one of those small pieces of just, hey, we're adding this, adding this, adding this, it becomes this very complex but very simple and cool idea behind everything. Yeah, it's like uncovering what the system really is or like how deep it really can go. Right, yeah. right, exactly. And I know we're, we're talking a little bit about this of layers and going, you know, box within box, but we didn't really describe the game. So let's take a step back. Let's talk about the game itself, because 
I'm a huge fan playing the demo of this idea. Like I love puzzle games with these kind of weird, quirky ideas to them. But for those who don't know anything about the game, can you tell us a little bit about, you know, why should, why they should be excited and, and kind of like an elevator pitch of what is your game all about? So Patrick's Parabox um, is a game, a puzzle game, which is like a Sokoban game, which is like a block 2D block pushing game that you've probably seen before. You push mm-hmm. blocks around to get them where they have to go. But with a twist that each box actually has its own little sub world with other boxes and walls and stuff. And that the layers are fully generic. So you can push boxes into boxes, into boxes and out and out. And there's a whole bunch of recursive twists. Like what if a box contains another box? And it kind of, it's just like an elegant system that is really satisfying to explore and has a lot of delightful consequences. (laughs) Yeah, that was one of my first things when I was playing the demo was it kept, you know, it started off very simple. And then as I kept going, I kept looking at the puzzles and understanding, you know, how I was supposed to solve it and being like, wow, this is really unique. Like, this is kind of a, a brain fuck in some ways of just the the world around you, uh, specifically talking about those levels where you're both in a box, but also outside the box at the same time and and it's such a weird game to talk about without actually showing i feel like it's really hard to to do this game justice without showing you like a picture of going from box to box um but it it obviously if you're listening i would say check out their steam page because you gotta check it out it's it's such a unique little idea i wanted to talk about the idea of this though of that that recursion or that repetition how did that even come about what inspired that mechanic for you so it came out of, I was making a Sokoban-like game with my friends, and it was like a stealth game where you dodge a robot's field of vision while pushing boxes. Hmm. And I kind of wanted to play on that because I kind of liked the theming of it. So I was like, mm-hmm. what if there's a little, a second player, which is tiny, and they could walk around in the boxes, and you like, it was a little hacker, and <laughs> could run around in walls and boxes and do little, little hacker stuff. Right. And then, on, yeah, and then on a whim, I kind of, like I mentioned earlier, I generalized the code to support multiple layers because I wanted to have something cool to show at a club meeting, just to just to show something to my friends at the club, the game dev club at my school. And it, it, it just ended up turning into a more abstract puzzle game the more I explored the ideas. Right. That's awesome. That's really cool. I'm, I'm glad that, you know, you had those people to push you to, to want to just be like, hey, this is something cool. And then it turns into what we have today. Um, very yeah. interesting the way these things kind of progress. Let's talk a little bit, though, about the actual designing of this. So this is going to be a vague question. It's going to be kind of high level. And I, I, I thought a, a lot about this and how to word it because I think this can go in many different directions. But I love the idea of these puzzle games because when you... When, being the player, you sit down and you have to think of how to solve this. But you you never, because we're not the creator, you never have to think of like, how you got to that problem in the first place and then also the solution afterwards. So can you tell me a little bit of like what your process looks like when you're creating these different levels? Yeah, so it's interesting. Different puzzle developers have different strategies. Um, The way for Parabox that I like to think about it is that there's this system of boxes and the goal of the game is to showcase this system in the best possible way mm-hmm. that is fun to explore, friendly to explore, and really just shows off all the coolest nooks and crannies of this like 
system right. that I have uncovered. Like it's, it's almost like archaeology. That's really a glorified word to use for it. But it's like I I explore the system, I program it, and then I make some levels and figure out the cool stuff, mm-hmm. and then I make those into puzzles that you can like curate them into puzzles and then you play them. That's how I like right. to think about it. <laughs> Interesting. Is it, and I, I probably should have looked this up and I, I feel like I saw that you were the only one working on this, but are you the solo developer for this or are there others that are helping you like when it comes to, you know, things like game design or, or different level structures? Um, by and large, I am the solo developer. Um, I, I will be bringing on someone to do the audio design and music, but oh, very uh, cool. I'm the sole designer. And okay. Everything else. Very cool. Wow. So all the knowledge is up in your brain. Interesting. <laughs> Yeah, it's fun. Very cool. How many um, overall? So you know, thinking of finished product, and I know you're still working on these things, and and obviously things can change. But about how many levels or different mechanics do you think we'll see inside this game overall? So the Steam page currently says 250 puzzles. Mm-hmm. Um, currently, I just passed 300 internally. Although who knows? Maybe oh. I'll cut a bunch and maybe go back under 300. But right, right. You know, because the number goes up and down as I make more and cut more. But, uh, yeah, that's interesting. Well, at least at least we know you, you don't have a uh, a shortage here, so it is good because even though it excites me that there's so much content, it might be on one hand better to say out of these 300 whatever, maybe only that 250 shows up. But those are the best of the best, right? That's exactly right. There's this mm-hmm. quote, or not a quote, but this saying I like, which is like, if you want to, when you how you know something's done is you something like you you take what you have you add 20 more percent onto it and then you cut the worst 20 percent and then Mm -hmm. you know you're done when you cut what you just added because then then it's done right exactly which is a bit of perfectionist so not going that far but (laughs) (laughs) i'm sure there's a lot that can go into this as far as the actual level so with puzzle games it's it's interesting because usually and and it seemed like it with the the way the demo was structured with this one, it seems like there's less of a, a story emphasis on this, but more of just deeper dives into certain levels that are bridged with a specific mechanic. Now, I'm, I'm specifically mentioning this because of the way the overworld was displayed to you. It had this interesting connection of levels via a number of what seemed like different pipes or maybe cable connections. Is there going to be a deeper meaning to this later on? Or is this just, like I said, a way of listing them by that specific mechanic? Um, the overworld is kind of, it's a little bit unfortunate how there's not really currently a deeper layer, but I'm not, I couldn't really find anything I was satisfied with, Mm. um, to like make the, make it really meta, like, you know, in some kind of a deeper meaning, but it's just, it's just literally a level select right now. Okay. Yeah. Cause I, I was wondering if it was going to get even deeper where it was something like, the overworld is its own level so to speak so you're you know you would have to push certain boxes in boxes to get to the other level to actually start a level in that design um i don't know if that's in the works or if that's something you've thought about it's something i thought a lot about and tried um and some games do it and it's really cool um mm-hmm. but we'll have to see right okay okay maybe in the future um yeah. Taking a step back, I wanted to quickly talk about the fact that you'll sometimes actually stream development and testing of the game, which I thought was super cool. Um, I've, I've seen a couple of devs who do this, and I, it always interests me because just out of curiosity, what's really your your reasoning behind streaming the development of the game? Because I know a lot of people in general want to be 
a little bit more secretive about it. I think it's it's great for a number of reasons, but is this something where you're doing it to maybe gain, you know, more marketing side to it of gaining a new audience, just getting feedback in real time? Like what's your reasoning for for trying to stream the actual development and testing? Yeah, so everyone who streams in general has different reasons and everyone who streams game development also has their own reasons. Um, mm -hmm. For me personally, it's, I enjoy hanging out with my friends who, in the right. chat and bouncing ideas off of my friends and everyone else who's there. Um, like if I'm working on a puzzle design or a game design, like if I'm doing a game jam, people just, I just bounce ideas off of people and people give ideas and feedback, oh, how does this graphic look and stuff. And a number mm -hmm. of times that's actually helped for um, cool. Parabox, which is really cool. Um, in terms of marketing, that's not a reason to stream game development. I think that's, you don't see much returns for that. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Um, streaming is also nice, motivating for me to like get something done that day. <sighs> you know, if I will not really feel like working, I can at least stream. And even if I right. work a little bit slower while I'm streaming, it's, it makes it more fun. Yeah. And it still feels productive. It's a good way to push you because you have other people watching you. You can't just start working on something and then take a break and, and go off and do something else. Right. You have that the constant watching eyes where you're like, okay, well, I should probably get something done. Yeah, as long as you do that in a healthy way, like don't don't pressure. Oh, yeah, too of much. course. Of course. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think it's interesting because I think, uh, especially when it comes to these games, it's super important to have people who are in a way play testing this. This is this is obviously a different side of that. But I think it's really cool that these individuals are getting to watch this and bounce ideas off of, you know, yourself, like you were saying, so that Sometimes you can get in this weird rut, especially I would assume with puzzle games where it might be something that you think is perfect, but doesn't resonate with others. So I, I'm, I'm super interested in, in people who are doing this just to, to see kind of that building a game together as a community, because when they get the, and it's kind of weird because when they get the game in their hands, it's a little bit different because they already kind of know some of those strats. Um, but I think it, it overall will help the game in, in the long term. Oh yeah, certainly. A, long, a while ago, the game didn't have animations in the sense oh. that like when you press the button and you move inside a block, it instantly pops you inside the block. There's no camera movement. There's no squishing into the block mm -hmm. because that's, that's really hard to program. Right. And then someone on the stream suggested, oh, you should program it that, you should program that in. And I was like, well, I dismissed the idea a while ago because it would just be a huge pain to program it. But then mm -hmm. the person reminded me, oh, maybe that idea is worth revisiting. And then I programmed right. it and it made the game a whole lot better. Yeah, I, that's interesting because that is one of the my favorite things about the game from an animation perspective is that travel between worlds because it does make it more of an impact of you being able to to go in this you know this recursive nature of in box in a box in a box like it's it's just a, a mechanic that plays into everything and i think the animation definitely adds to it so i'm glad that that yeah. is a, a shining example of of how they can help as far as as other sides are you doing anything like um you know like alpha testing beta testing like what does that look like for for this game uh, at least at this point i've been asking friends and like friends of friends a lot of puzzle game developers um and puzzle game players Mm -hmm. um, and just game developers, friends, just like individually, people that I know right. give good, good feedback. Although I'm keeping in mind that like uh, there's a big bias in asking developer friends. Um, <sighs> so I'm trying to get people who aren't that good in puzzles and having a balance. Right. 
Yeah, that makes sense. And I'm sure sometimes you probably want someone who's not so good at puzzles just to see how they fare as well. Yeah, because that's sort of my target audience. Mm -hmm. um, although th there's like something for both because like, there's optional challenge puzzles. Right. Let me actually dive a little deeper into that because I, I wasn't aware of that. But are, those optional challenges, is that something where it's going to be on the same level? Is it like a side level? So I'm thinking of something like Baba is You, where in certain levels you would uh, have numbers that were part of that world, but then there would be like these these extra chapters that would be the same mm -hmm. main mechanic behind that number, that one level, but they would add like an extra layer to it. Is that something kind of where you're going with? Um, so if there aren't any like twists on levels like mm -hmm. make it harder like in Baba. There aren't too many of those. Okay. Those are cool in Baba. That just didn't happen for this. But yeah, okay. there's there's a bunch of optional levels sprinkled throughout. Like I do a short sequence of required ones, and there's like an offshoot of one or two optional ones that play with similar ideas, but they're like, they're totally different levels. Um, right. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. That makes sense. And yeah, so th that kind of goes into, to another question, which is really how long do you anticipate that this will take people? Uh, especially if you're thinking of say that 250. and I know this is kind of up in the air, but like, what's that sweet spot that you're going for as far as playtime for this type of game? So there is no sweet spot. I'm kind of just, uh, making the game. Okay. And then it okay. turns out however long it needs to be. Because the goal is to showcase this system. And I don't, you know, it just ends up what it is. Um, yeah. All right. And, I like it. And, yeah. In terms of like what mechanics I discovered and which mechanics are the best to implement and which ones I chose not to implement. Um, you know, which ones make the best puzzles. There's there's tons of factors. Um, some, you know, some good playtesters recently took maybe like five hours or so but so much is going to change like, again some puzzles are going to change since then and they were a very good puzzle player so i don't right. really have a good number to give for how long the game's going to take i'm yeah, curious okay, that's to fine. see it <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's i mean that's totally fine i it's it's just interesting to see because usually people obviously will have different answers based on what they're trying to go for i like though that you're also just focusing you know on the core mechanic and seeing kind of what what happens happens in that yeah. state um, and then just thinking about time for designing this, uh, so you mentioned that you started this at that last year of school. How long has this actually been in development? Um, so over two and a half years now, I started okay. it in January of 2018 and it's really taken like a year and a half longer than I ever thought it would. <laughs> um, oh geez. Yeah. That's a, a common thing I'm hearing. <laughs> Yeah, because normally I would make hobby games and like I would make it in a few months or maybe even over the course of like six months. And that's a really long one. Right. <laughs> and then suddenly it's like, I don't know. I don't know how this happens, <laughs> but it happens. Um, <laughs> I've learned things about how to be more efficient, though, for sure. Yeah, I'm sure. Like as you start to go with more and more ambitious projects, you're obviously going to have to take those those uh, those learnings and put them into your next ones. But yeah. as far as how this is going um it sounds like even though it's it's taking a long time it sounds like things are progressing in a in a you know a, a good way uh yeah i'm sure you can't give an exact date obviously because a lot of things are in the air but do you have an idea of when you might be ready to say like it's going to be finished in this time frame do you have kind of like a quarter in your mind as far as when you want to set that that flagpole for yourself or are you just saying i want to finish this when it's ready yeah, so the flagpole I currently have set for myself is like Q1 of next year. Okay. I have not, cool. I'm not gonna, it's not something I've said publicly before, but like, you know, I'm not going to like announce that for sure. Yeah, no, and we won't hold that to you either. At least yeah. I won't specifically, but it's <laughs> good to know that, you know, you're shooting for some time near in the future anyway. Yeah. Okay, okay. 
um, how like what do you think is is going to be the reason why you might make that or not make that? Like, what's kind of standing in your way as far as what's left? I have the list in my notebook right next to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, the sound design and music is the main thing, but mm-hmm. other than that, like technically, the design and the puzzles and programming, it's all like it could be like shippable, you know, right? And built, but it's just kind of there's a few design issues which the main one right now well i mean i feel like i shouldn't talk about these because i will have more to say about them once i've solved them because these yeah are i mean solved that's, for me. that's fine we don't we don't have to go uh too in depth if you want but just you know some de- design issues i get it uh yeah. is this something where you've ever considered though going into something like early access and saying hey if you want to you know at a, a lower price buy the game and then i'll i'll work on it and finish it with different waves or is this something where you want it to just be finished and then uh shipped out it's much more suited to just being finished and shipped out because there's like in terms of feedback from early access it's, it's not the kind of game that would benefit from that kind of feedback mm-hmm. um so it's just refi- it just needs a refinement of the puzzles already it, the game already knows what it wants to be <laughs> I, I like the way you put that yeah i yeah. mean I, I, it makes sense you know if, if you're not going to find a lot of value in it then it's probably better to just ship it when it's ready because there's there's obvious pros and cons with an early access and it sounds like you're more in in you know the the field to just say no this will be done when it's done and yeah. then it'll be ready for people to to actually get a handle on um just to confirm though this is coming to pc on steam i know that is true but are there any plans to expand to other areas like you know consoles mobile devices has has that been uh on your mind at all it those have been um but it's and I would love it, but it's just a lot of work. And I decided right. for now, I'm just going to focus on the PC launch first and then think about mobile and like Switch and maybe, you know, stuff. I'll think of, I'll even think about that only after the game Right. Launched. I gotcha. I gotcha. No, that makes sense. Makes total sense. So as of right now, though, main, main area is just going to be PC on Steam. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Um, so I don't want to take up too much of your time. Uh, I, definitely respect that you have things to do you got to refine those levels but i want to wrap this up with the question that i always like to ask our developers which is let's get some uh, just general advice for those listening who might be interested in starting their own project getting into the game space whatever their you know their goals are in here what are some tips or things that you've learned uh whether it be over creating this game or some of those passion projects what have you learned that you think others can benefit from some best practices yeah so it's hard to give general advice because well, not not to i don't know i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna answer your question with some advice but <laughs> no, that's no, what no, I say. you're good you're good it is hard to give advice without knowing who's asking for it and right. or even without having to have a conversation with them you know mm-hmm. about you know so it's really hard because everyone, you know, people have different strengths, people have different needs, people need different things. But but I'll treat it as if um, I'm giving advice to my past self. Okay. Um, and there's two, so I wrote down, two, there's two points I want to mention. One of which is, so I mentioned this earlier that I, Parabox kind of started because I was showing ideas to my group of friends at the Game Dev Club. Yep. Um, so being active in communities, Game Dev communities has really helped me and I'm glad I did that. And I wish I would have started a little bit sooner, but I now I'm still active in them. Um, these communities include, I'm part of a bunch of online hobbyist communities, like I want to be the guy, fan games, and a few modding communities, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then local communities like my school game dev club, the IGDA, International Game Developers Association, has local chapters, 
and local game dev meetup groups. Right. Um, and Pairbox fell out of one of those. Um, so <laughs> happy I was bouncing ideas off of people and stuff. Yeah. So that's awesome. And, and also, and also just community support, like and having friends to, uh, you know, going through the same trials and tribulations you are. Right. Yeah, I think it makes sense. You always need that backbone or that that support group to to kind of keep you strong and to keep you in check in a lot of ways, but also just to be able to, like you were saying, bounce those ideas back and forth and and build upon these these iterations that eventually create what we have now as you know Patrick's Parabox. Um, before we wrap this up, though, are there any things that you know you want to say as uh, as far as like? shout outs or to the audience or just anything in general about the game that maybe we didn't touch upon. I guess one thing I would like to mention briefly is the other piece of advice that I would like to give myself is uh, okay. how to take, well, taking criticism. And like we talked briefly about this before the podcast started. Like if you're, if you release your hobby game and people say it's bad or there's criticism or you just doesn't get much attention at all that can feel really bad and right. just know that you're not alone in feeling that I felt that many times with the criticism and lack of attention. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, I just found satisfaction in making games for myself primarily. When I make, yeah. Even though I'm making pair boxes, this commercial game that's won awards and all this stuff, I'm still making it for myself because at least in part, because it's a game I want to make. So yeah. I don't know if that might not resonate with you, but it might resonate with some people. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you find intrinsic value in something that you're doing, you're going to enjoy it a lot more than if the reward is dependent upon extrinsic audiences, right? The The feeling that you get is always going to be much different if you're passionate about it in a way that, that, that will motivate you regardless of if someone saw it. And obviously that's different because most people are doing this as, as one, because they're passionate, but two, because there there's probably some kind of skin in the game in like a, a survivability stands because people need to make money to live and, and yada, yada. But the, the, the fact is if you're doing something in a way where it it's just something you want to do, you're probably going to be much happier regardless of that outcome. Yeah. For those listening, Patrick's Parabox is currently in development, but will be coming out on PC. So if you want to get a head start, and I, I think you definitely should because the demo is really cool, you should either download that demo or wishlist the game on Steam so that when it does come out, you get a notification. It also adds for just... Um, discoverability for this game so that others can find it maybe other puzzle lovers will be interested in it who knows but once again patrick thank you so much for coming on today and best of luck with the game thanks for having me see y'all our bodies come in different shapes and sizes so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M 
Noom.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold.